podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and welcome to another post-conference presser for Anfield Index. So ladies and gents, I'm your normal host, Dave Davis, walking you through a uh, an interesting, you know I love that word, Jurgen Klopp press conference, which reached a heck of a crescendo at the end. As always, we say, if you haven't, have a watch rather than the, the paraphrasing point, but we will be going through the key comments from Jurgen Klopp, the questions he was asked. We'll be looking back to the Aston Villa victory, the 3-0 from a couple of weekends ago after the international break for a few clues for this coming weekend. Naturally, that will lead us on to Wolves and the threats they possess ahead of a half 12, and you can all shudder as we hear that phrase, eh? the lunchtime kickoff. We'll go through our predicted formation and lineup, and then we'll hit score and scorer, where I'm sure I will be not wildly wrong, because I've got a few this season, but we'll see if that early look runs out anytime soon. So, yeah, Jurgen Klopp's press conference, a fascinating one in parts, it really was. And again, there is an embargo, and again, Watch the press conference rather than just our paraphrase if you want exact details. But do want to run through the key points that were mentioned, asked and answered. So the first thing was asked around Ryan Gravenberch, you know, how he found it wasn't really no kind of this time. I should mention that as well. But, you know, why he didn't go to international duty with the Dutch under-21s, etc. Jürgen almost brushed this off, I'd say, quite, you know, no issue here at all. We'll see how he does. Of course, there was benefit to him not going. He can sort everything on a private basis because going forward, we switched to three game or a game every three days. But he was able to sort where he can live. He has a car, those types of things. So it was benefit to him. I understand Kuman and Rizigo are not happy, but the boy is a footballer through and through. He used that break to fix a lot of things that we normally do in a rush. Interesting, isn't it? Dutch, the funny situation with Liverpool players, isn't it? The way they treat Van Dijk, now Gravenberch. And I get some element to this, as in, you know, you see he's skipping international duty. However, the rationale is absolutely solid. To move to a new country on deadline day. It's a big talent with the Dutch. I don't know why they seem to almost want to take on our players, as it were, so to speak. But I'm kind of with Jürgen on this. For me, a real non-issue in that regard. But completely logical, on to the next one as well. And the next one, Jürgen couldn't believe this, and maybe a few of us couldn't as well. Juno asked about the situation with Salah in the window and whether he was thinking ahead. 
to January. Yes, people, January. So Jürgen did that thing where the head goes on the palm of the hand. He leads right to the side. Yeah, eyeballs with that almost scary look that he can do. With a, you're kidding me, aren't you? The week after the window closes, you're asking me about January. And the kind of journalist mumbles something to justify himself and says, you know, we're talking about it. And you clops back on him. But you still do it. Are you telling me you can't wait till December? So then, just kind of as he nonchalantly brushed him aside, answers with, no, I'm not worried about it. I won't think about it until you open that wound again. No, I'm not worried. To be fair, the words on their own could look quite harsh and distinct, but he wasn't animated for this, people. Again, watch it if you're not sure, but not animated, just kind of couldn't believe it was asked. And that is fully understandable. Now, we're getting to a really juicy bit and a good question, I thought. It was a really relevant, could be a difficult one to to answer, but the right question to ask around the Hendo interview and the comments. So it's centred around asking him to stay. So let's see what Jurgen Klopp said. He said, I didn't read it, but then I heard what Tony was saying about it and having spoken to Tony, I thought, I better read it. So I think we all know where Tony is in that regard. Hendo said the truth in all his departments. I told Hendo I wanted him to stay, but we had to talk about the possibility about not playing regularly. In this specific situation with the player and the relationship I have, which is great, it was important we speak about everything. Hendo is a fantastic player. I love him forever. He's a super guy but he's not great when he's not playing. And he was my captain in for seven and a half, eight years or whatever. I didn't want to wake up one morning and lock horns with everything without having spoken about it. So when we had this chat, me and Hendo obviously came in, Hendo's ear that he doesn't want me here. If I told him, Hendo, stay here, be the main man, he would have stayed 100%. That is the truth. But I couldn't say that. As much as I wanted him to stay, I couldn't say that. So that is why it's better that Hendo moved on. And that's it. There's not a bit of bad blood. He's the captain of the club in the most successful era. And when he comes here, back again from my point of view, he should get a real farewell. So much to unpick from this. Eh? I think. To be fair, it was quite clear, and I know, you know, whose full version, shall we say, of events that I believe and steer towards. I think Jurgen Klopp was being bare, vulnerable, open and exposed here. He told you, you know, repeatedly, loved the player, the affection, he adores him. Because of that, he wanted to be honest. You know, he's not forcing him out the door. He just wouldn't play regularly. And listen, if you watched us last season, it's not a debate, is it? Let's be honest, that it's quite an easy situation. If you watched us this season, I don't know if you've heard of a player called Dominic Zaboslai, but that answers that as well. So maybe in a way, I don't know if he's almost helped Hendo, done him a favour after his PR own goal type of thing, but I like what Jurgen Klopp said. I like the honesty. I like the way he presented it. I like the way he did almost try and, you know, safeguard Hendo. He didn't go down the, no, he's lying in what he said, or he's, you know, picked up wrong. He was 
a full explanation as to how he thinks both parties see it. So, yeah, big fan of that answer. But again, watch it fully for yourselves. Then, an interesting one about Gravenberch. Well, we'll still get to the crescendo people. Wait for it. But the almost Gravenberch one about, you know, what you like about him, his attributes, etc. Said, I wouldn't choose one. He's got, you know, his package is so interesting. He's good in small spaces. He accelerates. He's a good passer and good shooter. Everyone here said, oh, he's skillful. But we knew that. He always was. And at 18, when he moved to Bayern, having played more than 100 games at Ajax, it's obvious. He wants that hard work. He's got that. And he's working extremely hard since he's been here. He's the same age group as most of the boys. He's a good guy and player with massive potential. How long it will take to reach that and get close to his peak, we don't know, but we'll have to work on that. We're very happy that he's here. See, it's an interesting one. I think with this one, journos don't know how to push and just say, maybe they should just be more direct. Jürgen, are you wanting this boy to play at six at times? Because you've got Endo in, but there seems to be a lack of a distinct specialist in the squad. Is it is it the multifunctional midfielder that you want? I just don't think they're asking that in a direct way. That's my own personal belief and we kind of dance around it. But we know Klopp loves Gravenberch. We hope he reaches that potential. There's nothing really we didn't know already there. And then he was asked about Wolves and last time because we think how bad it was the last time. Not the cup game we won, but the league game. We were abject that day, weren't we? And almost the, the contrast now. So he was asked about his comments after that, you know, about the lack of confidence. And he was honest, said, I thought I'd said that after Brighton, but maybe I'd said it after Bo. Now, I think we showed a few nice signs, but I know how difficult this game is. Are we stable already? Mm. We, we missed big players for this game already. And if you look at our recent performances, maybe the 10 men helped to create a spirit and mentality. It's still early days, but I'm happy with the basis we can work from. Now we get into the key crux, which wasn't the question, people, but some lovely stuff. I said after Villa, I really, really love this team. And we can start loving a team when we want something before we want to get there. We've changed a few things. We've brought in a few players. This year is year one of this new team, how we approach everything. We've brought in a few guys externally to talk to the boys who've done things and we want them to be a new team. I'm fully invested in that. Year one and not year eight. This was key because he wasn't asked about this, people. And he said it a few times. This is almost, I can't remember the phrase, Liverpool Mark II. I'm sure someone will correct me on that. But the new team, he's very keen to sort of stress it publicly and privately. Year one, not year eight. We're going again completely fresh. Even in the James Pearce article, and oh, I'll come back to James Pearce slightly later. But he talked about, you know, the external people they've got in to talk to the team, you know, new messages, all that type of thing. Jurgen Klopp is telling you this is Liverpool 2.0, a new team. We've got to get behind that and get with it. We are all going again. And Christ, for the love of God, am I invested in this, ladies and gents. Now, we'll get to the crescendo of the press conference. James Pearce asks, and a great question, by the way. Let me be clear on that. It's fully justified to ask this. I don't care what anyone says. 
you know, 12.30 on a Saturday, you look at your last six, you've drawn three, you've lost three. You know, what does that play a part mentality-wise? Klopp was direct. I mean, we know the relationship between these two, but are you serious with that question? Why do you think it's the reason? It's not a problem. The only reason is a lack of recovery time. This is a joke. We have players in South America I didn't see. We can't change that. We won't change that. The TV channel, it has a different name. They just don't give a about it. Someone like you gives me the feeling sitting there almost a, what's the problem? Is it lunchtime between games, intensity? Maybe make your own opinion about it. And maybe this time without a source. Jesus, people, it was all going so well till the end. He'd straight batted the lot. We'd been pumped after the last question about the new team. Unfortunately, he just constrained to these at times, Jürgen, and this will be the clippings. This will be the headlines, everything. And again, I can't stress this enough. Watch it yourself for full context and his mannerisms. But for me, I thought he made a mistake here. He got sucked into a good question. It was not James Pearce that sets the kickoff times. What happened last time he had a go at BT, who's now TNT, I think it is, etc. It takes the focus away. For me, it sounds like a cop-out. It's not. Just straight back these. Even turn it around, people. Even like, yeah, the record's not good. We know, we know all that. This is the up or two, but you know, it's our job to prove it tomorrow. All those types of things you could have done, but you get sucked in and maybe Tony could just give him a bit of advice here. He's passionate, Jurgen Klopp. We love him for that. It's his greatest strength, maybe, but his greatest strength could also maybe be his greatest blind spot when he talks passionately and just needs to be a bit more considered at times for my money. But wait for the clippings. I'm sure you'll see them in different format, but watch the whole thing. And that, ladies and gents, was the key sort of bits from the press conference. So moving into the clues from Aston Villa, which, Christ, seems like an eternity ago, doesn't it? Like before the international break. A brilliant game. An excellent team performance. A convincing victory. Routine against a good side, if anything. So, so much to like with this. It's a Bosley strike. Even the own goal of the, the movement, the link between Salah and Darwin that way. And obviously, again, those two combining for Salah's goal after Nunez's flick. So my honest thoughts about this is, Christ, if it was almost not had the gap, we wouldn't have had the issues and the fly and the travel, I'd be saying, I'll come to this later, turn out the same team. How can you drop any of them? It was a great team performance. People will talk about, oh, McAllister in the six. He was superb. So Bosley and Jones, Gagan Preston like mother, all game type of thing. Nunes, 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 Nunes. Fifth greatest pressing stats, as the up boys tell us, in their history. An absolute threat. Captain Chaos. I don't think it's going to happen this weekend, but Christ, what a performance for the man. And people are saying, oh, shooting boots, blah, 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 blah. Look how much he caused. He even got an assist. Just random balls over the top. 
Rumour has it, Pau Torres is now wearing a nappy because he's still shit himself that much, just having nightmares about coming up against the big shagger himself. Unbelievable, that performance. What a team. Right as the Bosley got, man of the match. Alisson still with the standard brilliant save. Trent back to full things, but freaking injuries, freaking international breaks. Here we are. So in the simple question, did anyone play their way in and out? No, the players did not play their way out the team. The freaking international break and injuries. But here we are. Wolves-wise, Wolves threats, I mean, we'll come to the early kickoff stuff. But they're an interesting team. 15th in the league. They're organised. That will be my headline under Gary O'Neill. They've they've won one and they've lost three, which doesn't look that great. But as always, a bit of context to that, people. So let's be clear. They beat the F, which we always thank them for. They lost to Palace recently, but they gave them a game away, you know, 3-2 just. They've started scoring goals. And even in the Carabao, they scored five the other week. So we need to just be careful about all this. Oh, they don't score goals. They're starting to just hit a few. And threats-wise, Kuna was on the goal trail last game. Kaladzic, I think it's pronounced, their giant forward. You know he will be trying to pull on to Matip, Kanate, whoever. But Gomez, they'll be hoping for. He is a threat in the air, make no mistake. Interesting as well, their left-back, I don't know if it's El Nuri or it'll be Hugo Bueno, the, the youngster who the Spanish under-21. I want to see him because apparently there is a lot of interest from Liverpool in him. So we'll have to look at that. But they are organised. And listen, people, those are all threats that way. The early kickoff, just to be clear, we are being absolutely screwed over. If you look at early kickoffs after international break, this will be our 12th. The next nearest are Spurs and Chelsea, both on six. Arsenal sit on three. We are being diddled heavy time. I don't care any conspiracy theories, screwed over. Then if you look at the impact, I mean, look at last season and how bad it was. The opening day draw against Fulham. Pitiful against Forest. Pitiful against Bournemouth. We do not do well in this. If you are not terrified by the early kickoff, don't talk to me. Simple as that. Because if it was 3pm, we'd be confident. We'd be a bit more comfortable. But the biggest threat is the time. And Christ, I hope Jürgen's got them prepared. So we'll come to the lineup and formation, ladies and gents. I mean, with this one, we know Trent and Thiago are out. He talked about that. He said Canati's been back for a few days, which is brilliant to hear. Darwin was interesting because obviously Bielsa's comments about his muscle issues. But Jurgen Klopp said he spoke to him, nothing as far as he's aware. However, we need to be clear on this. He's not, you know, he hasn't spoke to him fully or seen him. Sorry, I should say yet. McAllister landed at 4 a.m. yesterday. Diaz, 8 a.m. You know, th- these South American boys could well be exhausted early doors. So, Lineup-wise, here's how I see it. It's Alisson and Robbo, stay, Trent's out. So for me, Gomez, Matip and Canate with Gomez moving to right back. In the middle, I just don't risk McAllister. He's on the bench if you need him, but Endo's there, Endo's ready. So I would play Endo, Zabozlai and Jones on the left. Why wouldn't you go Zabozlai and Jones? You know, they were quick back, all those types of things. 
They pressed like absolute mothers against Villa. We know how good Zaboz is. We know how good Curtis is with the counter-press, etc. Easy for me. The forward line, it's always Mo Salah and two others. We know this. We're not debating it. For me, the international break screwed us a bit here, but it is what it is. So I would play Gakpo and Jota on the left. Gakpo's got a few goals for his country, so hopefully he can take that forward. Also, at the same time, Jota got a few goals and assists, that type of thing. So old club for him as well, where he scored before, as we know. Guys, I know there's players missing, but Nunes, McAllister, Diaz, Elliot, Badge, all these types of players on the bench. There is options there, real, real options in that regard. So I just wouldn't take the risk. In anything, in any case, you've got the Europa on Thursday, so you can play the kids or whatever there, that type of thing. But let's play fit and fresh people, ready to go hard from the off, or as fresh as they can be. Which leads us to predictions. Terrified of this, people. Absolutely terrified. My heart is fighting my head. This 12.30. My head is saying a one-all draw. Shout all you want, but it is. I'm going to back my heart with a 2-1 victory. Let's be clear. By hook or by crook, I don't care if we play crap tomorrow. It's just about getting the result to go top of the table early. So 2-1 for me. And I never bet against the Egyptian king, Mo Salah, to open the score in that way, which would be fantastic. If no injuries, we move on to the midweek in the Europa. But as ever, thanks for listening, ladies and gents. And that was another post-conference presser, that Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.